Good morning, man. It's so good to see you today. So glad that you're here joining us on our TNT devotion right now. We're hanging out in the iCampus studio at our 288 campus. Um, but man, I'm so glad you're here. My name's Colin, um, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at New Hope. And every single time that I get to be with you, man, it is an honor for me. And you know this if you've been tuning in with us for any time now, um, that for, for many months now, for a year and a half-ish, over, over 200 times actually, um, our team has had the joy, man, of getting to talk with you live uh, several mornings every week. And if we could just pause and, and smile upon that for a minute, the, the many good things that the Lord has done through this time that we've had together. And to be honest, right, I can, in a, in a pause, I can only imagine the number of prayers that were asked for by our church family, the amount of prayers that were prayed um, by our church family, the amount of prayers that were answered by God. And man, like just right now, I just want to say praise Jesus for those, man. What a, what a cool thing that has come from our, from our time together. We could think about how many, how many scriptures that we've gotten to read together, encountering truth together as a church family and letting it work on us and mold us as we work through every verse, every Tuesday and every Thursday. We could, we could think about how many folks have found encouragement here through the community of believers and understanding like there are people going through similar things that I'm going through, that people are with me celebrating the good things that God is doing in my life, the encouragement that comes from our online community. And we thank the Lord for that. But I'm going to tell you the truth is that we are not done yet, that we're going to continue today in our study of the parables. And then on Thursday, Pastor Tim will lead us in one final devotion as we close out our TNT devotion time together. But the good news is, immediately following that, we're going to jump from YouTube and Facebook to the YouVersion Bible app. We're going to go through a YouVersion Bible plan over how cool is this? The sermon series that we're currently in, titled His Mighty Strength. And so we would love for you to join us for that. Now today, as we continue, I want to say thank you to Pastor John as he did a wonderful job on Thursday morning leading us in truth over some text in John chapter 14 uh, where he broke down the cost of being a disciple, which we learned together it's no small cost that following Jesus will cost us everything. But with that decision, we also gain everything. And so I want to say thank you, Pastor John, for sharing that truth with us. Now, this morning, we're going to follow suit with Pastor John, and we're going to continue our time together in Luke chapter 14. And so if you're able to follow along with the Bible today, you can turn your attention to Luke chapter 14, specifically verses 16 through 24. Today, though, um, it's a text, it's a continuation of our study of the parables from Jesus. And the word parable simply means an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus, while on earth, tells a story with earthly context but what it does is it conveys a deeper and more spiritual meaning. In Luke 24, Jesus is speaking on a feast. And I'm not talking about the, the verb form of the word, which is one that I like to think of, of like, today I'm going to feast, I'm going to eat. But instead think 
royal wedding feast, a feast that involves a beautiful invitation, a wonderful preparation of the feast, but some excuses that might just hit, I think, a little close to home today. And so here's my goal. Today, I want to approach the parable first with us in mind. I believe that there's some ministry on our hearts to be done here. Then toward the end, what I want to do is I want to pivot for a moment. I want to shift our focus from inward to outward. And I want to ask ourselves this question, who am I bringing to the feast? And I think that this will make more sense as we get going today. So let's get to it. Our first verse today, Luke chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, says, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. Now, something that when I was reading up on this a little bit that I found interesting is that during this time, the context that Jesus is teaching this parable in, um, that this, the feast that the servant is actually inviting people to, he's actually delivering the second invitation to those that are invited. Meaning, months before the feast, those that were invited would have gotten their first invite. And that declared the day that the feast would be going on. But then, on the day of the feast, they would have again been reminded. And so think like wedding invitations with me for a moment. Months before the wedding, you would get your invitation in the mail. And then day of, perhaps you would get a reminder that pops up in your email or a notification that you've put down, simply reminding you of what you already know. Now, because you already knew the date, you planned accordingly. And so if you couldn't make the wedding, that means that you had some prior arrangements or um, some more important arrangements come up. But what happens next in Luke chapter 14, though, is surprising because I think their responses are to, now keep in mind, to the reminder about the feast are a little bit interesting. So I want to check out verses 18 and 20. It says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. People couldn't make it to the party. And I think that this is, right, this is, like, this is like the prime example of the runaround from somebody. Excuse after excuse after excuse. Now, now keep this in mind for the purpose of our time together. Jesus isn't really talking about an earthly party. He, he's not, he ain't talking about a full buffet spread and a nice charcuterie board. He's, not, he's, he's talking about a heavenly celebration hosted by the Father that comes on the wonderful and beautiful invitation made possible by the Son. And the offer is what Romans 6 would call the gift of God that is eternal life. This is a party a party that required a death so that it could be enjoyed, one that the Father has lost his son over so that creation could enjoy the gift. This is not an invitation that we should take lightly. But man, don't we sometimes. Man, don't we sometimes. Lots of times I think that we read a verse or a parable and we think of somebody else that the parable or the verse is talking about. 
man, if they, would just, if they would just read this verse or if they would just know this parable. And as tempting as it is to remember and point fingers at those folks, what I want to do is we must see the pivot point here and recognize that we are the subject of the story. And I think that today we can ask ourselves this question right now. Are we making earthly compromises that will steal from our heavenly prize? Earthly excuses that are having a spiritual impact on our lives. <clears throat> so let's pause for a moment, right, and speak to the heart. Isn't life sometimes so fast or our flesh so demanding that comp we as people compromise the heavenly we compromise the godly, the eternal, for what's in front of us right now. And I think that this is the tension that Jesus is dealing with in this parable, but he's even more focused on the tension of salvation. And so let's take, a, let's take a moment to think about the excuses, right, that the king has given. Right, I've, number one, I've got, I've got to go check out a field that I bought. And I'm just thinking in my mind, like, What? Like, you didn't, you didn't look at the field before you went and bought the field. And, and let's, like, let's pretend for a second. Let's pretend he didn't look at the field, he bought the field. Wouldn't the field be there tomorrow? Just one, one day later? Couldn't you go check on the field just simply one day later? I think, right, if you get to the core of the excuse, it's an excuse that points out something deeper. You don't want to go to the party. Our flesh got in the way of the eternal work that God is trying to do with and in us. The world was so loud and so demanding that the eternal got drowned out and the invitation declined. Take a moment, think about the second excuse. I'm on the way to go check out my oxen that I bought. I bought five yoke, I bought 10 oxen. I don't know a lot about oxen, but I'm probably not buying them without making sure that they're good oxen or what I wanted to buy in oxen, whatever that means. And even if you did, won't the oxen be there tomorrow? Here's what I wonder. Am I letting the things of the future get in the way of what God is trying to do right now? Our schedule, our life, our pace, the things, the eternal things that God is trying to get a hold of us for is the right now getting in the way of the big thing that God is trying to set up in our future because of we're tied up in today. Now, because I know, right, we're not alive in this parable, so to speak, but man, we're busy. Always on to the next thing. Sometimes missing spiritual things for heavenly things. So maybe you're listening today and you are certain about your place at the feast. Praise God for that. For real. What a, what a gift and a beautiful decision. One thing I want to caution us against today though is finding our seat at the table, but yet losing our ear, waiting for the next invitation from the Father of what we should be doing next then. An invitation that right could be, man, every day I'm gonna be communing with him in the scriptures to make sure that my Thursday and Saturdays or my Sunday mornings that I'm, I'm building godly community, I'm at church, I have um, lead my family um, 
in a, in a rhythm that suggests that we're being obedient to the scriptures, that I take a step and I go serve, I join life groups, we contribute financially, I get baptized, I go on a mission trip. And I'm, I'm sure we might have all said, well, I can't say yes to this invitation because I've got to go do, or I've got to go see, or I've got to go buy, or I've got to go watch. There are heavenly, these, these are invitations that we're getting from the Lord. They're heavenly. And I hope that we as a church are saying to them, yes, Lord, send me. So today, evaluate. Have we been making earthly excuses and missing out on heavenly joy? Is, is there something that we've been invited to and it's time to finally say yes. Thank you, Lord, in advance um, for revealing those to us. Now, this is how I want to close today. For those of us, right, that have found our place at the feast, you know and follow Jesus. You have believed in and accepted and lived out the gospel. Here's the deal, though. The king says that there is still room. And like the king in this parable, our heavenly father is a father that desires a full table and a full house. And so the king says this in chapter 14, verse 23. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes, compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Compel is a beautiful word here. And I think and I feel that it conveys the heart of a God that loves his children so much and so desires to be with them at the feast that it ought to compel us to see our lost friends, our family members that haven't even heard of the feast yet. They haven't gotten an invitation from us yet. We're talking today, right, that the Lord is saying, come, man, you are, you're welcome here. You, like we say at New Hope, you, you belong here. And, and at New Hope, we've, we've even welcomed this, this verbiage also from Luke, where we're reminded of how much God adores the lost one, so much that he would leave the 99 to go find them and celebrate when they're found. So the question is this. If I've been to the feast and I've tasted and seen and it is good, what am I doing to ensure that the people around my sphere of influence have the chance to receive an invitation to the feast from me? And I'll tell you this, the feast in heaven is unimaginably good. So first we make sure that we're hearing um, and accepting our invitations, the things that God is calling us to from God. And, and we make sure that every day we, we live like God is desiring the lost ones to be found. Who is coming to the feast because you're in their life? Are we reclining at the table in comfort, forgetting our call to compel, or are we in awe of the feast and compelling those around us to come and see? Now, um, 
church, I, I believe that there is some truth here uh, that we can be working with on our hearts. But I want to say to you today, thank you um, so much for being with us. I want to pray together before we close. So if you would join me, Father, thank you, Lord, for your truth and your scripture and your feast and the heavenly party that all who know you will celebrate one day. Thank you, God, for the gospel. Thank you also, Lord, for compelling us to compel others about this feast and about this celebration, about the gift of the gospel that you offer us. Lord, I ask that you would bless our church, that you would bless our congregation, and you would bless our team as we continue to try our best to say yes to the invitations that you're giving us. We love you, Father. And everybody said, amen. Okay. Guys, one more TNT devotion is coming your way live this Thursday at 8, same time, same place. We'll see y'all then.